What are your plans for your business this year? Hey, it's Tug. Do you want to expand and grow? Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you got a new person to deal with? You have to start all over again? You don't have that with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they want to know you. Unlike big banks, they want to partner with you. The Frost family knows the patterns. They know the ebbs and flows. They know business. Get to know them at FirstLibertyGA.com. Building a building? Buying a building? Buying a franchise? Expanding? Reach out to them. Spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. You do that at FirstLibertyGA.com. And by the way, if you're a young banker and want to work with a team that is faith-friendly and has a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to them today. First Liberty Building and Loan. FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com. Six. Welcome to another episode of the 643 Podcast Edition for 680 The Fan and the Podcast Park, where you can find pretty much whatever podcast floats your boat, tickles your fancy, whatever other idiom you want to use. Go to thepodcastpark.com and check out all of the fabulous podcasts from your favorite 680 The Fan hosts and producers today. Braves finish off a sweep against the Reds last night. Really nice to see. Anytime the Braves get a sweep, that's really good to see, especially because the Braves have tend to stru- have tended to struggle actually completing sweeps, going back for hell, at least as long as I've been alive. Seems to have been uh seems to be an issue with them normally. Now they normally win uh they they win most of their series that they play, but generally a sweep is something that the Braves aren't particularly great at doing, which don't get me wrong, I'm all for it. I this sweep was actually a little bit a little bit better. The Braves just finished up playing 12 straight games, 13 games in 14 days. Uh, it was it was pretty long stretch of games for the Braves, and that 12 in a row, you could kind of tell they were feeling it. Uh, the bullpen, I don't know how they, they got through the bullpen last night with basically nobody available. They ended up having to throw Lucas Litke and Kirby Yates in the eighth inning before turning it over to Minter in the ninth, and they were able to get it done and get it through. Uh, Spencer Strider, Started last night, and, and interesting note on Spencer. If you've noticed his three starts thus far through the season, his velo had been down, and I know there were a lot of people on social media freaked out, worrying that his arm was falling off and he was going to need Tommy John or something like that. Uh, but Doc, you guys know Doc. I've had him on this show before and hosted the Platinum Sombrero with me for four, nearly five years. He'd kind of brought something up that he'd wondered that maybe Spencer was trying to pace himself to go deeper into ball games. And after the game, Spencer was asked about it because his velo throughout the first couple of innings anyway was, you know, about 96 with some 97 
kind of smattered in there, but not the typical 98 to 100 that we're used to seeing from him on the regular. And Spencer kind of said that he'd been trying to pace himself, that he was trying to, to get himself deeper into games, and it just wasn't working out for him. Especially in the first and second innings, he was getting hit a lot harder than Spencer normally gets hit. I'm talking about multiple baseballs, first two batters of the game hit balls over 100 miles an hour off of Strider, which is just not supposed to happen. And this has kind of been a trend for the first three starts. Now, I don't think he's in any trouble because he also ended up with nine strikeouts on the day. But that's three consecutive starts where he's gone five innings and three consecutive starts where he's had like three or more walks in there. Um, this is, you know, just kind of what you're dealing with with Spencer this year. Batters are going up there looking for the heater. And when that heater is, is 98 to 100, it's different than when it's 96. 96, they can catch up to and foul off. And that's been a lot of the issues. Uh, uncharacteristic of Spencer, for a number of batters, he's had to go into long pitch counts to get them to strike out. Now, he's still getting the strikeout. So it's not like you're, you're sounding the alarms or anything like that. But Spencer mentioned after the game that when Rick Kranitz came out to talk to him in the third inning, he just kind of laid into him a little bit and asked him why he was, you know, asked him if he was okay and not so PG terms, according to Spencer. Uh, and, and, and it kind of, you know, got Spencer back on track a little bit. You started seeing him throwing 98 consistently, 99. His last pitch of the game was a 100-mile-an-hour fastball for a strikeout. That's what you need to see. And I think for Spencer, this is just a case of, you know, kind of learning what he's going to be as a starter, and he's trying new things, and he wants to be a guy that can go six and seven innings consistently. So he was trying to kind of pace his arm a little bit. The issue with that can be is if you're intentionally trying to take something off, not only does it make you a little bit more hittable, it also kind of messes with your command a little bit because when you start trying to throw, I don't know, 80% of, of what you can do, 85% of your normal Everything else is kind of knocked out of whack. You're a little bit slower through your delivery. Your your head is just not quite as in it as it is when you are when you're throwing, you know, 90 to 100% of what you can do. So for Spencer, I think last night was good. It was nice that the Braves could get a win anyway. Um, but I think it'll be good for him going forward and we'll see a little bit more of that Spencer we saw last year that was so good. And this is the thing with Spencer. If he's, you know, 5 to 6 innings at what what he gave you last year, that's you know, would I like him to be able to throw eight innings and nine innings and, and throw perfect games and strike out 20 people? Yeah, absolutely. It'd be amazing. But if you can give me five to six innings at the best you can do, what you did last year, versus getting me six to seven and, and giving me the lines you've been giving me early this season, I'd rather take the five to six great innings. And I think that's something that Spencer's kind of recognizing. And early in the season, you know, he's kind of playing around with some stuff, not playing around with pitches, but just trying to see what approaches work better if the approach that he used last year might be the best approach. I think it is, and I think what helped him in that and what made it so impressive last season was he wasn't running up crazy pitch counts, particularly for the amount of strikeouts he was getting. Now, the best of both worlds would be for him to um, really implement that changeup a lot more often against lefties, and that could become a soft contact specialty pitch which would kind of help keep those pitch counts down might cut into the strikeouts a little bit but even just occasionally start using that change up a little bit more often even if you go to a two seam at that point it'd be fine too I don't really want to mess with his fastball very much but if he wants to add a sinker that's fine but I think if he uses that change up a little bit more especially to lefties I think all of a sudden now he's got a pitch that he can go to for soft contact that's not just the slider all in all 
good series from the Braves uh, with with a couple of exceptions. And you guys know the one player who's always the exception to the good job rule. That's Marcelo Zuna, who just continues to be terrible. Uh, Brian Snicker was actually asked about that last night, which is a miracle that he was actually asked. Uh, but after last night of uh, going 0 for 4 with 3Ks for Ozuna, he's now hitting .083 with a 195 OBP and a 250 slugging. That is a 445 OPS. Uh, to put that in better terms, Austin Riley has a 448 OBP. Ronald Acuna has a 452 OBP. Marcelo Ozuna has been negative uh, .3 value to this season. He has... Uh, two home runs and a couple of walks, and he also has like 14, 15 strikeouts at this point. He's absolutely terrible. And Snicker, when asked about it, said, you know, he was great this spring, but, you know, this is the regular season. This is when it counts, which that's what I want to hear. But then immediately followed it with, he's going to keep running him out in the lineup and, and, you know, for the time being. That is less defensible for me. And I know they're spending a lot of money on Marcelo Zuna, but this is the point that irritates me. You're spending that money regardless. So you can put in a guy who is actively making it harder for you to win games and pay him that amount of money, or you can pay him that amount of money and sit him on the bench and use him as a bench bat. That contract sucks no matter what. Like, it's not like playing him every day makes that contract less terrible. Like, it's a terrible contract. It happens. Um, nobody really saw that. Nobody saw that type of a fall coming from Marcelo Zuna, but you don't want to make a bad situation worse by continuously running out a terrible player every single day. And for the Braves, particularly like we saw against the Padres, but, but really for most of the early parts of the season, half of your lineup was not really hitting. And while we know Ozzy will come out of it and he did very well last night, uh, you know, got a, got a really nice hit last night. Uh, when you see in really the past few days, he, he's he's really swung the bat well the past couple of days. Now, he went one for four yesterday, uh, but he only had the one strikeout, and he's, he's kind of trending upwards, which is nice to see. Now, Tuesday was a was a even better ball game for Ozzy, at least swinging the bat-wise. He looked more comfortable. He only went one for four again, but he did get himself a homer that got him to 100 uh, in his young career. Uh, but again, only the one strikeout, which has kind of been the thing for Ozzy thus far, as he's striking out way more than Ozzy Albee should. Um, but you're starting to see Eddie Rosario swinging the bat better, uh, which I, I don't think you're going to see most of the lineup really struggling for much longer. I think a few of those guys are really starting to break out. Sean Murphy, uh, he's getting better. Now, his was interesting anyway, because while the batting average is, you know, Sitting at 219. It's a good example of why you don't really look at batting average. As uh, running a 405 OBP and a 438 slug with an 842 OPS, he's been a valuable offensive player. Now he's getting to play every day. You can feel him getting more comfortable. I think you're going to see a lot better coming from him offensively in the near future. Uh, Matt Olson, he's pulling a Joey Gallo at the moment, where he's one of the most valuable hitters in baseball. Hitting 294, 410 with a 627 slug and a 1037 OPS. He's also striking out an incredible clip right now. He went over four with four Ks. Uh, and Ronald, this is so interesting to me for Ronald because he's not lifting the ball at all. He's actually got the highest ground ball rate of his career going right now. But he's absolutely mashing the baseball. He's hitting 370 with a 452 OBP. And even when he's not lifting the ball, He's got a 537 slug and a 989 OPS. He went three for four last night with three RBI. 
stole another base, so he's now up to six steals on the year. I'd like to see him start getting those balls in the air because a lot of those, he's hitting a lot of baseballs 100 miles an hour plus. Those are home runs if he's getting any elevation on them. Either way, and I don't know if this is just something that maybe, and, and you know, I don't want this, This he could make me look stupid with this in a week and he could pop off for five or six homers in a week. It's certainly possible. Um, but it might be a case that maybe Acuna ends up running a little bit higher ground ball rates after the knee than we were used to seeing before. And that means maybe he's not the 40 homer guy. Maybe now he's, you know, 25 to 30, in which case it doesn't really matter. He's still a supremely elite hitter. And as long as he's hitting line drives and, um, being able to actually get on base at the clips he's getting on, then then that's perfectly fine. Eddie Rosario swinging the bat really well. He had a home run last night on a pitch that I have no idea how he hit out. It was a pitch that was up at his neck. I have no idea how he got that pitch out. But it was nice to see from Eddie, who's been hitting the ball hard, just hasn't gotten any results from it yet, uh, which is good because as Michael Harris gets ready to return, you know, th- there's going to be a real question of what you do in left field because Sam Hilliard has been fantastic. Now, some of his underlying numbers indicate it's a not something that he's likely to continue much longer. But you look at him right now, and he's hitting 333 with a 417 average and a 476 slug. That's good for an 893 OPS. He's also got two steals. He's playing good defense. And if you ever get to the point where you just finally decide to stop playing Marcelo Zuna, you get into an interesting scenario of what you do in left field. For my money, as long as as long as Hilliard is hitting at a decent clip at the rate that he's hitting now, I would start Hilliard in left field against righties and have Eddie DH. Now, kind of depends on what happens when Travis comes back, and we'll see if Eddie actually gets these numbers to where you kind of want them. But Hilliard has absolutely earned himself reps. Now, it's not going to be lefty on lefty or anything like that. But I would probably pair Hilliard and Eli White in left field. I don't know. Maybe you even go, uh, maybe against lefties, you figure out something else. But but Eli White in left field, because Ozuna is just worthless right now to play. He's not a good defender. He's slow. He strikes out all the time. And he's just a terrible, terrible player right now and has been for going on three years now. I want to see the Braves put forth the best offense they can. And we got a big scare last night with Orlando Arcia, who has been one of the best players on the ball club and one of the more surprising players through the early going this season. He got hit dead on the wrist with a 98-mile-an-hour fastball from Hunter Green, uh, which I feel like now there's no real way for me to tell this number. I'm sure Codify or somebody else will come out with this number. I do feel like this season pitchers have been a little bit more wild, and I would assume that's a little bit of a function of the pitch clock a little bit, um, maybe making them speed up their process and command to suffering. Um, But that looked for sure like a broken wrist. He ended up finishing out that inning. Braves pulled him afterwards. That's not surprising. It takes a little bit of time for it to swell up. And then once it swells up, get him out of the game. Wait for that swelling to go down, get some imaging done. The good news is uh, x-rays were negative, so no fracture, which is awesome to see because for Orlando, that would have been terrible to see him go out. It is also terrible that he got hit in the wrist because even though there was no fracture, Orlando has been so good this year. And to see him get a wrist injury sucks because wrists and and we know very well we remember this with freddie freeman wrists can linger and they can really affect your hitting they can affect your exit velocity they they affect anything that you're using with your hands and and for orlando it'd been such a good start to the season i was really hoping to see if he could carry this stretch for say a month uh, instead of like 
two weeks. If he were able to, to, you know, improve upon what he was last year, where he would be outstanding for two weeks and then he'd be ice cold for about three weeks and kind of circulate the season that way. The way that he'd been playing looked like he was going to hold down the Ford all season long. It looked like he'd made some significant adjustments and really gotten into the flow of things. And I'm really kind of sad to see him get hit on the wrist like that. Now they have an off day today, which is really good because the bullpen has been really overused. And by the way, the most disappointing part of the team so far, I would say has been the starting rotation. They do have nine wins and every starter and there's nine starting pitchers with wins right now, but they've only had a pitcher go beyond the sixth inning or into the sixth inning once or twice I'm sorry and it was Bryce Elder both times Max obviously when he comes back you'd assume that's going to tick up there but Strider has been has has gotten through five innings all three times out Uh, Dodd was five through his first start got blasted his second start Uh, Schuster four and a third and I believe right at five maybe another four and two thirds something like that Charlie Morton has been through five both times it's been a little bit of a struggle for the rotation which is not what I was expecting and in that vein, I think the Braves are looking at their 9-4 and four record, and, and they're really happy with it because they have had to go through every bullpen guy. I believe, they're, I believe they are number two in baseball right now in innings pitched by relievers. I think San Diego might be number one. Um, they're either number two or tied for number one. They have been throwing their relievers at least four innings a game every single game except for the two Bryce Elder starts where it's been three innings. Very, very impressive by the Braves' bullpen especially considering that there's a lot more question marks in the Braves bullpen than we're used to seeing the past couple of years. Kirby Yates, I'll give him credit for for throwing a pretty decent eighth, walked the first batter, and then uh, got the next three out in order. Uh, Lucas Litke, who had not been having a good season, he was pretty darn good over two innings. Uh, That was nice to see from him. But when you look at the Braves bullpen right now, Joe Jimenez, he's kind of struggling to start the season. Kirby Yates has been a launch pad. He's not been good outside of last night. Litke, outside of last night again, had not been good either. That's three question marks in the bullpen. Now, when you get Rysel back, which I don't know when he's going to come back, but he will come back eventually, that'll look a little bit better. Because then you'll have AJ, who's... AJ's going to be really, really good. Uh, Nick Anderson has been incredible. I think he's already the second best righty in the pen behind Rysel. And um, as long as he stays healthy, he's going to be one of the lockdown guys in this bullpen. Jesse Chavez has been insane to start the season. His stat cast page is one of the best pages you'll find for a reliever right now. Uh, Dylan Lee has been good. Now, Dylan Lee, when he's not giving any drama, is incredible. And I think that he's you know a, a really, really good pitcher anyway. I think looking at this bullpen, I think it will get better. I think Jimenez will settle in. Remember, he had a little bit of a back injury in spring training. So, you know, still kind of trying to get right from that. Um, Kyle Wright had his first start, and it kind of hit and miss. Uh, Didn't go very deep in the game. I think it was like three and two-thirds, maybe even like right at four innings. Um, The stuff looked good. The command did not. Still some rust he was knocking off. Um, not a lot of help from the umpiring crew, but he was he was pretty scattershot, so you're not generally going to get calls if you're kind of all over the place. But the stuff itself looked good, and I'll take that. He'll get better as the season goes along. Soroka had his second start in the minors. Looked really, really good. I think looking at Soroka, I would think 
first week of May, maybe the second week of May would be when I when I really consider calling Soroka up. Got to 70 pitches this last time out, so I think we'll probably see him go 80 his next start and then 90. And if he's feeling good after that 90-pitch start, I think that would be when you see him get called up, um, depending on how Bryce Elder's doing. I mean, right now, if you're looking at the, the pitchers who are most likely to get replaced in the rotation, it's probably not Bryce Elder. It'd be Charlie Morton if Charlie didn't have $20 million next to his name. We'll see going forward. Maybe even maybe the Braves even decide to toy around with the six man rotation the way Los Angeles the, the Angels are doing right now. Might not be the worst idea in the world and would allow everybody to get a little bit of rest uh, in between. Now it hurt for my overs for Spencer Strider's strikeouts if he's, you know, only going every six days instead of every five. But all in all, I think the Braves find themselves in good position. They're up two games in the East right now, despite not playing their best baseball. Uh get a day off today, which has to be a godsend for these guys. They, they've had to have been dragging the past few days. Uh, and they get rewarded by going to play Kansas City starting on Friday. And for Kansas City, a little surprised with how they've been this year. They haven't been quite as terrible as I was expecting them to be. Uh, I thought that they would be just really... Now, they're 4-9, and nine, which is not good. But it's better than I thought they would be. Uh, especially when you see how they started out their season. They were not hitting at all to start the year they dropped uh one two three four they've dropped five of their first six and since then they've gone three and three so on the upswing they beat the giants in a series then they got uh beat by the rangers although they did just win 10 to 1 yesterday i think it's a good spot for the braves though the the pitching for kansas city is not great they can tend to struggle quite a bit and they're they're not exactly a team full of talent for the braves it'd be nice to just kind of get a little bit uh, of, of an easier stretch. Cincinnati's not a great team. Uh, so that, that was a nice kind of a nice bounce back series from San Diego. But you had two in a row with St. Louis, who was struggling this year. And then you went to San Diego and had San Diego come to town, uh, who, while they hadn't been playing their best baseball or a killer lineup, uh, Braves have been down pretty much half the squad at this point. Freed, I think we'll see start on Tuesday. I think that's when his his next start is supposed to be. We'll see. It might even be sooner than that. But Max throwing off a mound. He's, he's feeling pretty good. I don't know who's going to get sent down when Max comes off the IL. Um, I, I don't think it's going to be Nick Anderson. I don't think you can afford to send Anderson down. My guess, was, my guess is you'll probably see Freed and Michael Harris come off the IL at similar times. Uh, which that would be, you know, you'd probably see Eli White be the one to go down. But once you get Michael Harris back, the team's going to look much, much better. Um, I think going forward, I think we're going to start seeing the Braves kind of break out a little bit. Thus far, as I've mentioned, it's really been the top three in the lineup. And really, in particular, it's been Ronald and Matt Olson. Riley's kind of cooled off a little bit, um, although he can get hot again in a moment. But if the guys behind them start hitting, you'll, you'll see Ronald get some more pitches he can elevate. You'll see Riley start to get hot again. You'll see, you know, if you can get Ozzy rolling, once you get Michael Harris back, it, it helps the lineup a lot because I still kind of maintain until Ozzy shows me consistently that he can, you know, be better at the plate as far as being selective and not, you know, approaching it. Like if he gets a called strike, the world's going to end. Then I can't really trust him in the big, in the top part of my lineup, I, I kind of need him at six until he can show me that he's willing to do that. When you get Travis back, that'll be really nice because Travis was hitting very, very well. Um, but again, I, I don't think they're going to, they should not rush Travis back. I don't know how long he'll actually be on the IL. 
it might be a little bit longer just because this is his fourth concussion. And if that and if that's the case, once Michael comes back, let Hilliard play in left and have Eddie be your primary DH and then worry about how that how that shakes out between the two of them once Travis actually comes back and gets back into the swing of things. Going forward, though, um, Braves still looking in control in the East. I think the rotation will get better. I think what we've seen is probably the low point for this rotation. Once Max gets back, it'll be really, really nice just to have somebody who can anchor at the top. Spencer, I think... I think Spencer unlocked a little bit of something last night. I think he's. I think going forward, we'll see him do what he was doing last year, which is just come at him ninety nine to hundred. And if it means that it's it's five innings of ten to eleven strikeouts, fine, whatever. Um, but get beat throwing your best. Don't don't get beat because you're trying to pace yourself. It does no good to pace yourself if you're going to get blasted more and you're not going to be as effective. Be your most effective self. And I think for Spencer, it's a good learning opportunity for him. I think he'll come out and he'll be even better. Uh, and I think going forward, I think we'll we'll be seeing the Braves rotation the way that we meant to see it. Maybe with Wright's second start, he'll have the command locked in a little bit more and be uh, to the right that we were expecting. The stuff looked even better than last year to me, just by the naked eye. So I think I think this could be a big season for Kyle Wright and, and kind of show that while some of the underlying numbers weren't very favorable for him last season, I think a lot of that probably has to do with the fact that his shoulder wasn't wasn't 100%. I think if he's 100% now, I think you'll see his stuff tick up, and I think you'll see his underlying numbers match a little bit more of what he did last season. I think Charlie has, has you know, we'll, we'll figure out what Charlie is, but if you can get to the point where, you know, maybe maybe it's when Soroka comes up, we'll see. But if you can get to the point where Charlie is, you know, getting swing and miss, which I can deal with, even if he's five and dive, if he's getting swing and miss, I can deal with that. Or if you get to the point where he's the actual number five in this rotation with Elder Soroka being a legitimate four, then I think the Braves are in great position. They'll get a few guys back here, probably if if not the start of this week, towards the back end of this week, beginning of next week, or this upcoming week. I know today's Thursday. Um, but all in all, it, it's you know can't really complain too much about this start, other than the fact that the Braves have not played their best baseball, and yet they're still sitting at nine and four. Uh, should be a... A really, really good season for the Braves going forward. Uh, enjoy the off day, everybody. Don't act like a fool. Don't make yourself the main event of Twitter. Don't make yourself the story for the Braves. Enjoy enjoy a day off uh, and come back ready to go against Kansas City. Uh, we'll talk again on Tuesday. That's going to do it for us here for 643. See you later, everybody. That's all, folks. Is this the year you want to grow your business? Do you want to expand your team? Build a new office? Hey, it's Tug, and I want to tell you about First Liberty Building and Loan. Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you're dealing with a new person? You won't have to with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they can help you, too. They know the patterns, they know the ebbs and flows, and they know business. Now the Frost family wants to know you. FirstLibertyGA.com. Buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise, or expanding. Reach out and spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. FirstLibertyGA.com. By the way, if you're a young banker and you want to work with a team that's faith-friendly with a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to First Liberty Building and Loan at FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com.